I'm Scott Weatherly. Welcome to 20th Century Geek. Okay, welcome back listeners to another 20th Century Geek. But we're doing something special this month. Before, every quarter, we've been doing the commemorative, or alternative, I should say, commentaries. We've picked some films. We've had some good fun doing it, but they were a bit long, and uh, you know they were getting a bit a bit much, really. And uh, the problem with them was we enjoyed watching the films and not talking. Um, yeah, that's was, that's was the problem. problem. So we're back to do something special for the mm-hmm. quarterlies, and I'm joined by Mad Mike. Hello. The, uh, the ever-present Mad Mike. And, uh, and we're going into battle. You and I got a bit of history of battle, being former have. former amateur professional wrestlers, if that makes amateur sense. Amateur professional wrestlers. That's right. Amateur well, we, were, we were professional wrestlers. I got, I got paid a couple of times. Yeah, exactly. But we, we, you and I have stepped into the squared circle and we've faced off. Yeah, we have, yes. So that got me thinking. That I've we won should... more battles than you have. Because <laughs> <laughs> you <coughs> booked the show. Uh. Um, but that got me thinking about what we could do. Every quarter, what could we do mm. that sort of celebrates the 20th century, allows us to look back, but do something a bit different. It's a Mad Mike versus John Ball. This is almost it? like a Mad Bike, yeah, a Mad Mike versus John mad Ball. Bike. Mad Mike. <laughs> mad Mike. Mad Bike. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is we are going to do a versus show. Every quarter we're going to bring two things together. I'm going to do a versus. So Do I have to sell? No, because no, you never sorry. did. No, um, no. So it's going to be like Thunderdome. Okay. It's going to be two things enter, one thing leaves. Okay. And on this occasion, it's a monster mash. Or this month is a monster mash. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing some some creature feature kind of films. Okay. Getting ready for Halloween. Yeah. Getting our horror on. So the first ones we're going to be doing are werewolves. Indeed. So 1981 yeah. was, a, was a very good year. Very good year. Because you wasn't born, wasn't it? Oh, it was the year I was born. Oh, was it? it? was the year oh, I was, was born. Uh, yeah, but you, but you also get uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. But also, you get American Wealth in London. Right. And The Howling. Yes, indeed. So these are the two werewolf films that we are putting up against each other. 1981's mm. The Howling versus American Wealth in London. Okay, and your choice is... Well, no, no, I don't think it's going to go against us. It's these two things. You know, we can talk, just debate them. I'm not going to defend oh, one. Oh, I see. We've got to debate okay, this okay. now because right, right. some of these things, when we do these versus things, I think some of them are going to be pretty decisive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Others will be a bit more divisive. I think we'll have we'll have arguments. Well, this one's pretty decisive. I think this one's pretty decisive. <laughs> yeah. We'll start with an easy one. Mm. Um, but I threw this out to Twitter, so we've had a Twitter poll. Have we? Yeah, yeah. I've done a Twitter poll, so oh, okay. we'll, we'll save that till later. Um, and we'll, we'll go to that in a bit. So what we've done, we've, we've got each, we've got five uh, categories in which to score okay. these films. So we are going to score them both on story. Do I need this? You will, for your scores. We'll get to it in a bit. We're going to discuss the films first. We're going to score them on story, special effects, mm. scares, yeah. performances, and then our score of the film. Okay. okay? And yeah, that will yeah. give us an out of 50. Which is completely... Non-biased. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's just your preference of the film, isn't it? Yeah, of course. So of course that gives us a score out of fifty, and then we'll see who wins. So we've now watched the films, but let's have a talk about them first. Your experience of these two films. Mm. So you know your first your first impressions, or you, when you came across the Howling and American Wealth in London. What's your history with well, these films? I knew Howling existed, but I didn't watch it until much later because mm. because I was I was fed on Betamax, mm. American Wealth in London. And the cover, I remember the cover. Again, we, we've talked about stuff like this before. You know, covers are important. Really important, And yeah. when we talked about the video nasty thing, you know, covers really sell the film. And what, that, that really sold the film was the, the cover for Howling was... The claws. A, a, the claws. And the screamer. Yeah. Coming through what I always think is a paper bag. 
It looks like a brown paper yeah. bag. Yeah, you don't see the hand. You don't see the hand claws. No, you just see the, you know, you just see claws. You see the claw marks yeah, yeah, yeah. and the face underneath of the screaming mm. face, which was all right. It was like, yeah, all right. But then on the American Werewolf in London, you saw the werewolf's face mm. just there on the cover, and it's like, man, I want that film. I've so, never seen the original cover. Oh, it's it's great. It's a great cover. So um, for me, the cover for I've always seen see the Howling. Can... Yeah, the one I've seen for Howling has always has been that one. The cover I've always I've always known has either been mm. the modern one, which is the sort of like the wolf howling, which is almost like a, the mid transformation wolf. Yeah. But then also the one I've always known has been um, the two main characters, you know, in their parkers walking across the moors or with the big moon in the background. Yes, of course. Um. But like you, I think I was fed on. Uh, American Mother London, I think I saw that first. I was shown it when I was, again, probably way too young. And it scared the crap out of me. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic... But, I mean, that that was my... Um, that was my original choice, though, for, mm. for a werewolf film. I mean, it set the bar then, you know, so everything had to contend with... American Werewolf. There we go, there's a cover look. Yeah, so that was that's, that is the sort of the cover, the, the mid... You showed me the original. So it's the yeah. mid, the mid transformation kind of, work, yes, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, when you see that, you mm. want to see the film. And I mean, um, never judge a book by its cover. But my gosh, these, you know, they. they... Well, that was part of the point, wasn't it? Really, for a cover, to, you know, a picture tells a thousand words. Yeah. Kind of deal. And it was at the time when covers were very important. You pick up a film because of the cover. Yes. You know, whereas the description on the back would be about a paragraph. Yeah, and that, the blurbs are always quite difficult. On Loads films. of pictures. Yeah. So yeah, so, so what about the Howling? Then? When you came across it later? Well, I came across it around about the same time, but I didn't actually watch it until probably the nineties. Mm. It was that long because I never because I I said what I did do. I saw Howling two mm-hmm. before I saw Christopher Howling. Lee and uh... yeah yeah I forget who was in it, but I enjoyed Howling two. It was good mm. film, but I saw that way before I saw the Howling the first one. I think it's because Howling two was more readily available. Yeah, yeah, Howling yeah. one, and um, and I loved Howling two, and then I, I watched Howling, the first one after I saw Howling two, mm. and um, yeah, and it, it kind of eluded me because you know as far as I'm concerned, if you want to watch a whale film, American Whale film, is the, the one to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, it has a history, and I think the other thing for me is because it's American American Wife in London, mm. in the film, like you know, it's easily relatable. As yeah. a kid, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know the Moors. Oh, they're in London. Oh, I know that. I know this. It was it was quite, uh, you know, it seemed more accessible in that respect yeah. as well. Yeah, I agree. And there was a very young Rick Mail in it. I remember that Yeah, as well, very, yeah. very young Rick Mail. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the other thing about it, especially when you watch it. You know, the fact that they, they, they go into the... We'll go through some of the films. Slaughtered Lamb. When they go to the Slaughtered Lamb. I have a towel with Slaughtered Lamb from Tony. Do you? Yeah, I seriously do. I'll show you when I... When you Apparently, the, when you go to the pub that was the Slaughtered Lamb, it's still a pub today. No way. Yeah, you can go to it. It's in Surrey. Um, they still have the prop, the Slaughtered Lamb sign. It's up in the pub, so you can see it. Not for much longer. <laughs> yeah, say, if, if, if that is a steal and a half. Although, to be honest, if, you, wow. if that goes missing now... There's pretty much documentary evidence. You can edit that bit out, it's fine. Oh man, we've got to so go there. So you can, you could do, I mean, technically, if you really wanted to, you could, because they filmed it all, obviously, it's not really the Yorkshire Moors. Obviously, it was all filmed down down in London and Surrey and that sort of thing. So you could do, like, a proper tour 
Tottenham Court Road yeah, yeah. and um, um, Piccadilly Circus London Bridge yeah, yeah. actually funny enough the alley they use at the end mm. is right by the London, London Bridge Experience oh really yeah 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 so they, they put up a false back to it yes but it backs on to Southern Cathedral ah so you've so, got all those sort of things you could, you could do a, an American Wolf and London tour That'd be great. That'd be quite interesting, actually. Yeah, except for Tottenham Court Road doesn't really look the same anymore, but still. No, I don't think many of the places would look the same. No. Um, but it does. I mean, it starts from that thing of like, you know, I mean, we, we are, I'll be perfect. We are pretty much going to spoil some of the aspects of these films, but there, there are 36 years old this year. So mm. I'm pretty much sort of like, you know, if you haven't seen them, I mean, watch them because they're pretty much in the title. He's an American werewolf in London. Yeah, and it, and it stands alone it like, does. next to Annabelle and, and the modern films you Again, know, Conjuring and stuff like that. Watch it or not, and it does stand up as a, oh, as a totally. classic horror. You, you, don't, you don't know it was made that long ago. No. This, now this is an interesting point. I'm actually raise, we'll raise it now, actually, because mm. that's a really interesting point. When you watch American Wealth in London, mm. and I think you'll find this with a lot of films, when you go back and watch films, right? there are films that sort of have a feel that goes backwards, and there's some films that have a feel that... That falls forwards. Yeah, yeah. Right? American Wolf in London because it's set in London in the early eighties. Although there's some bell bottoms and some other bits and pieces in there, generally there's nothing in there that screams nineteen eighty one or like you know yeah we're mm. sort of hanging from the seventies. When you watch The Howling, because the cast are all a little older. They all feel a little bit like they've got a hangover from the 70s yeah, in it. There's a, little, a bit too much velour going on. There is, and it's a little bit wooden as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little bit sort of like... So it feels a still a little bit like there's a hangover from the 70s, which mm. makes it feel like an older film, mm. in my opinion. Um, so maybe that's the other thing as well, the fact that like it's in Britain, it feels pretty modern. Mm. You know, There's nothing that dates the film hugely, um, other than the way the, women is, the nurses are treated, I'd say, in the hospital, and some other bits and pieces. But it does, it stands up. But that moment they walk into that pub and it goes silent. I've done that. Yeah, when yeah, I've yeah. done like when I was a student and we walked into a pub you weren't supposed to walk into, you know, and you walk in, you go, I've got this bag of pennies to pay a beer. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it does, it stands up. It's an amazing film. And I mean going through, like I say, you know, what I mean, what's your favourite part? What what stands out for you then in American Werewolf? Transformation scene, for one. Mm. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, and uh, in stark light as well, yeah, like yeah. in full light. It just wow. Yeah, and such thinking. You know, you imagine being in the in the creative process of that and sitting in a room going, "How the fuck are we going to do this?" Where's the legend that is Rick Baker? Mm. You know, this is the guy that um, you know has done so much, but that's his almost like his signature piece. Oh, that's that's his yeah, piece de la resistance. Yeah. You know. Oh. But I mean, the 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 uh, that's a stand-up moment. The the German soldiers is a stand-up moment. That was terrible. Oh, and the nightmare sequence. Yeah. There's nightmare sequence. I didn't realize this is like a is this like a werewolf staple? Like you know, like vampires have certain rules. Like if you're transforming into a vampire, you know, lust for blood, you get a bit sexy and all that. Kind yeah, of yeah. Stuff. It, a nightmare is like a part, a standard part of. Don't know the the werewolf thing because it's in both the howling and yeah yeah, yeah they both have true. these weird messed up like nightmares, but the the nightmare sequences in um, uh, American Werewolf, mm. it's just the fact they're so well done. Oh they, totally, pr- yeah. they, they make me jump now like as an adult, even though and I know they're coming. Mm. I mean, yeah, the 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 I love the the innocence of the nurse. 
Jenny Agatha. Jenny Agatha, you know, she 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 plays it very innocent and very British, mm. and she's a dirty bitch, really, you know. Yeah. She, she meets she meets a man, she meets a man, she cares for him, she takes him home to his flat, and she fucks him in the shower. Yeah, yeah. I like her. Yeah, that's my kind of nurse. To Can be honest with you. That's why we have the yeah. NHS in this country. Yeah. If I had a pound for every time... Yeah. <laughs> I'd owe about six quid. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's... This is where I think the things start to, to sort of... To separate. Mm. Is that this is the story of a young man away from home. It, it, the whole thing is about alienation, isn't it? He's away yeah. from home. He's not feel safe. And then this shit starts happening to mm. him. And it's that thing, I suppose, of just sort of like being out of control and out of place, literally yeah, yeah, foreign yeah. in a foreign land, um, that makes it feel, you know, but I'll say more relatable. Really, you can watch it and you go, yeah, yeah, you know, I feel a bit, a bit the same. But um, the one thing I was going to say about special effects, because the transformation scenes is amazing, mm. like it stands out as a as a piece of cinema um, that everyone can go back to and watch, and it, but. His friend Jack mm. coming back as a ghost to be haunted. I love the concept that for every kill that he does as a, vamp- uh, as a vampire, as a werewolf, mm. the ghost of that person will then come back and haunts him until mm. his bloodline is severed. What's better though is the ghost decomposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In front of his eyes. Which is literally so each time Jack comes back. He's a little bit more meaty, meaty. So mm-hmm. he's even got the zombie effect in it. And the best thing is, it when he the first first time he comes back and he's all bloody and raw, and it's like the big gash across his neck and his face, and there's one little bit of skin just like Flapping. flapping away yeah, in his yeah, neck, yeah. and you're just like, it's the silliest thing. Great consider, touch, though, isn't it? Considering how much blood is on that, right, and everything else, just that one little bit of flapping skin freaks me out. It's mm. amazing, mm. amazing um, pra- practical effects as well. Oh, yeah, All totally. of it's practical. Um, yeah, it stands up. It's an amazing piece. Mm. It's a good piece of uh, of art as yeah. well. You know, I mean, it's really, it's really hard to actually put art into film. You know, but that manages to do it. I think you know, it is an artistic film as well, creative. Mm. You know, uh, it flows so well. Everything about it just works. You know, and I think the the it's it's a little it's a little boy lost story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's because uh, you 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 and it, it's you know what 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 killed what killed the beast was it beauty? You know that that and sort of like unanswered question at the end. You know, well we've had this debate before, haven't yeah, we? Yeah. We, we? We've had that, and and to jump to that point of the ending. Um, you know he's transformed into the werewolf, and mm. that whole Piccadilly Circus sequence is mm. uh, is, is phenomenal. Mm. Um, Which was filmed in Piccadilly it Circus. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I watched the, the there was a special feature on the DVD on mm. the Blu-ray side, and it was it's it, how Stupid they did it. Like, in the morning, isn't it? Yeah, they had to do it between like I think like three and six, and mm. they could only they could only have um, a certain section. Yeah, and so there's, there's all these regulations the police put on them. And they cleared it all away in record time. And they actually, apparently, when they came, we can't even remove accidents that quickly. Mm. So they did, you know, so really impressive. But he's cornered down the alleyway. Mm. You know, he's killed all these people. And I've, there's another point we'll raise in a minute about that. He's killed all these people. Um, and he, Jenny Agatha then goes down. Because she's, she, you know, they've now, they're basically, it's a very been a very passionate 
relationship between them and she you know, he's already admitted that he loves her and she finally admits that she loves him and you see the the face of the werewolf you see these like these burning amber eyes and this snarling face mm. and when she says like david i love you and for that second you just see the snarl drop mm. and you see the water in the eye you see yeah, yeah it also, and then it goes for her and you hear like the bullets hit it bang 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 and then you just see his body like you see the back to normal mm. david lying on the floor and forever you're like, was that the beast that was going to kill her? Or was it David thinking, I can't be with her as this beast? Mm. Is it like po- suicide by police? Yeah. Oh, it's such a good ending. Yeah, it's it's a cliffhanger. You're like, oh, damn you. You know, and you don't know what the answer and It's, it's up, to, open, it's it's up open, to interpretation. And that's it. It's open to interpretation, which is why it's so good. Mm. Um, watching the... Uh, um, watching the special features and stuff, there was something that, that um, John Landis, the great John Landis, uh, said when he was because he wrote the film in like his early early days. It was his again, it was his passion project. It was something mm-hmm. he always wanted to make. Um, when he was trying to farm up to the studios, they were like, "I don't get what this comedy. It's too scary." Or people were saying, "I don't get this horror. It's too funny." Like people didn't get you could do one or the other. Mm. And when I watched it this time. Again, probably because I'm a little older and you get, you know, you've got a bit of mileage on you, and you've got some family and that sort of thing. When you watch these things now, it's not humour. In, mm. in many cases, it's not humour. It's just human. You know, you and I, if we were to go backpacking on the moors and mm. you, know, you make those jokes about the people and you talk about the friend you've got back at home or you make jokes about the girl you want to sleep with or whatever it is, mm. that's the banter that just happens. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it just feels more human. Like there's no, you know, not everyone's so po faced and so straight. Mm. And it just makes me like the characters so much more. Mm. And so when it is when it comes to that tragedy, it's just more heart wrenching at the end. It's just it's just so good. It's so well paced. Well, I think as well as perfect, good casting as well. That's what makes this mm-hmm. film very good as well. Is the fact of like you know, if you didn't have Brian Glover mm. doing that bit, the Alamo joke. Yeah, remember the Alamo? Yeah, you know, that one. He didn't have him being so creepy. You know, it. I think he makes that. He sets that sequence up so well. You know, stay off the stay, uh, stay off the moor, stick mm. to the road. Just resonates. You know, it's, that's enough. Yeah, he he is, and I, I do like um, Donald Glover. I mean, right. Bright side Bond, Donald Glover. Donald Glover? Yeah, Donald Glover's a different actor. Um, Who was also a professional wrestler, by the way, Brian uh, Glover, yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah, he yeah, was, Brian sports. Glover, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Brian Glover is, he's one of those actors that he he can turn on a dime, mm. which I really like. And he does it in that in this role, where they walk in and, um, you know, you've got the characters staring at them and you get the guys playing darts. This is, you know, ah, missed. Ah, never miss. And you're just mm. like, oh, this isn't going to go well. And then you have the interaction with Brian Glover, and it's all very serious and sort of like you know, no one wants you around here, kind of stuff. Mm. And then he makes the joke about the Alamo because of uh, the, the, the pentangle on the mm. on the wall, and um, and then he turns straight away and he's like, "I'll tell you a joke. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a joke." And it's clear that within this community. Because everyone's like, oh, he's at it again. Oh, my God. Oh, shut up. And it's all sort of, they're laughing and joking. It works. Again, you said about that thing of, like, you know, they're in a, a, um, 
alienation, you know, in an alien environment. These two American guys have walked in something, and you te- it feels like a, a local pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because exactly. they're all like, we've heard it before, he's doing it again, and that sort of thing. And it feels real. Mm. But, you know, and so when he tells the joke, and uh, he's laughing at his own joke, and, you know, I think that's hilarious. It's, I think in some cases, the other people, they're not so much laughing at the joke, they are laughing at Brian Glover and the fact he finds yeah, yeah. it so funny. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, again, it makes it so real. Mm. It's so well done. All the performances in this are fantastic. No, it's a great film. It's a great film, from beginning to end. You, I mean, there's not even bits that you can criticise about it. It's kind of like it's it's a perfect storm, mm. really, for a film. You know, if you want a great horror film, that's the one to go for. It is. It is. It's a very. It's such a. It's an the, only, the only thing that's ever come close, and there is a bit of a coincidence here, is Creep. The horror film that was mm. based in 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 the UK. Mm. Now that was on. I'd, I'd say well, that was a good film yeah, yeah. in itself, and I think that that had the same characteristics as American Life London mm. did. You know, to keep your attention, great characters, great storyline, great tension build up, and this that and the other. It was great. Well, this one, the the, the, the the thing about this film, that I think, works so well. Like the scare, the editing. Whoever did the editing, actually, I think. Mm. Does, you know, deserve some recognition because some of the editing in this is, is, is spot on. Did, didn't it win an Oscar? This or something? It was a special effects. Yeah, special effects. Rick yeah. Baker won an Oscar for his mm. special effects. Um, well, this well, well deserved. Oh gosh, well, yeah. In well. fact, I have a feeling that the 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 I have a feeling the Oscar was created for this film. Mm. I have a, I have, a, I have to I, don't quote me that. That's just something that's in my head. I may have made that up. Mm. But the, there are three moments where the editing is just spot on. And there's a moment where it's um, under the um, in the tube, the tube. So the guy's got away. You know, the, he comes off the train and he's being hunted down by the wolf. Oh yeah, by, yeah. by the werewolf in the tube, and he, he falls onto the escalators. And um, you see the pans from the top, and you see the wolf sort of like you and know you got, you creeping got the go, towards the GoPro before it was GoPro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's great, mm. great, great effect. Mm. And it sort of, and then all of a sudden it pans in on the the bloke's face. It starts to zoom in as if like the creature's coming up the. The, the escalators and then it just goes bang and it moves but you don't see that it just cuts to a lion roaring mm. or you see the you see the, the from, from the top, from the top you see from the, above the, the and you see it shot. walking towards him so which you is, can see it's there and which, then the yeah. lion roar yeah then, straight to the zoo yeah. and you're just like Jesus Christ it makes you jump mm. uh, and then the other one is um, the, the, the nightmare sequence the first nightmare sequence they set up he's running through the forest and he sees himself in the bed oh, and yeah. Jenny Agatha is um He's like nurse, you know, bending over him to just look at him, and he's got, and then obviously he goes, he just does this, like everything wakes up, his eyes, his mouth opens, and he's got the claws, and it's like this really dramatic makeup on, like you know, like some sort of like mm. vaudevillian vampire thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. He does look very vampire esque, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah but yeah. it happens like that, and it's just like the perfect edit for a scare because he doesn't, there's no, you don't know what's coming. No, and you don't stay, it doesn't linger on it. It's not like, look how well we've done with these effects, so we're going to linger on it. It's just bang, whoosh, and then you move on. Mm. Um. And it, there's just so many of things. There's just a couple of things like that, and mm. it's just like so. The editing, comp, that you know, at no point is anybody trying to um, overcompensate. Yeah. Oh, it's no one. No one's saying I've done this, so I deserve more time. Like Rick Baker's not being precious about his effects, and mm. you know, uh, John Landis is not saying I've done. Oh, look, look how good this scene looks. It doesn't last too long. Everything is in service of either the story or the scare. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it works. Like no one is being precious about anything. 
Hmm. Hmm. But uh, you know, and then you, 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 if you're you're looking at the the effects, that's all very well, which is great effects all mm. throughout the you know even the nightmare sequences. But but the the chemistry between, you know, you believe that Jenny Agatha and and um, David Norton, David Norton, actor. yeah, um, you you believe that they they there's there's sexual chemistry oh, there, you know. Yes. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing. I mean, you know, you think did he impregnate her with a werewolf baby? Now this is something I was going. To, this is something I was going to say. We'll get back to. So, yeah. um, we'll get onto. We'll, get, well, no sequels. Both films have had sequels. Yeah. Okay. Um, Howling's had many sequels. Yes, I've not seen Howling Six: The Freaks. Well, there's one called Howling the Marsupials. Right. Which just sounds like so. When they're all, everyone gets attacked by kangaroos. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but. Um, they're both their sequels or I mean the Howling, Howling's a franchise and I've never yeah. seen any of them other than the first one I think actually I think I may have seen Howling yeah, 4 Howling 2 is on Netflix I think yeah I think so um, but like I say so American Wealth in London 2 which is mm. American Wealth in Paris mm. is awful yeah it's very very 90s because it's, it's French because it's got the French connection it's not John Landis either no it's nothing to do with the Landis thing no. it's not even the fact it's in France because it could be in France and it could be great it could be in Scotland it could be anywhere mm. the fact of the matter is the film is awful yeah I could totally agree it's 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 a cash grab like it, it's, a, it's a it's it's an American world film in name only like it's such a cash grab but a sequel what would you have done for a sequel it's American world of London mm. or would you have left it yeah, I mean, it would does it need it? No, I don't think. It would. But come on, if you had to, Jenny Agatha having a baby in London that turns out to be, you know, hairy, hairy, get reached a certain like a Teen Wolf, but more fucked up, crazy, mm. bloodthirsty. I would have, yeah, I would have done that. But the Fly Two did that with Gina Davis, so it was a bit too similar. Well, I don't know. The Fly Two comes comes later, though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, I mean. So you could do it in any way. But what I thought, when I watched it this time, because you know he obviously gets scratched when... Uh, so uh, Jack gets killed on the moors. Mm. He gets scratched. And he gets scratched. So there was one moment in the in the film that really made me think. When he jumps, and he's in the porn cinema, mm. um, which is hilarious, by the way. And we'll get back to that. Because mm. that whole porn film, they had to shoot themselves. I thought they'd just, I thought it was just a random porn film. They go, oh, we'll stick that up. Now, John Landis wrote and directed that porn film as well. Um, but when he bursts through the door, mm. and he comes pretty high and he bites that policeman's head off and it bounces off across the bonnet. Oh, yeah, yeah. He must have scratched his way through a couple of people. Yeah. So I was thinking, instead so of it being... American werewolves in London. Well, in, I would have said, I'd have left that, but then it would have been a follow-on, just like, you know... Like there, someone, or even could have been like a London werewolf in Texas. So they could have done something. Yeah, or well, werewolves of London. Werewolves of London that would have been, been a great brilliant. one because yeah. he scratches like six people. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like at the next full moon, all of a sudden it goes batshit crazy. This is what we go. To, we, you know, when we were discussed sequels to, um, you know, we, we recently discussed Terminator Two mm. for the bonus episode. We talked about es- how it escalates. Mm. So you go from a single alien to many aliens. Mm. You go from one Terminator to two Terminators, those sort of things. You go from one werewolf to a pack of werewolves. Mm. So you could literally have a pack of wolves. Company, in... company of wolves. Yeah. Mm. So that's what you, you know, you could have done those things. That's what I was, I was thought about. When he comes through, 
even like an old woman that's been scratched or something like because you could have had that Landis dark humour and had that where it's like just some old biddy having a transformation. But Mary Well from in Paris, you know, I mean, it's just do anything. It didn't go anywhere. You yes, kind of think, and it also it suggested that Jenny Agatha had a baby. It makes sort of it alludes to certain things. Yeah, but it's rubbish. And she's not in it, is she, Jenny no. Agatha? No, no it's got no connection to the first film no. in any way. Just has um, the same and, title. Yeah, so I would actually re- so. We both, I highly recommend American from London. Yeah. And I would also say, don't go to any American from Paris. I agree. It's, it's I awful. agree. The only good bit in there is, is the nightclub sequence. That's very. Mm. That's yeah. a good, that's a good sequence. I think but, that, yeah, I think that's actually about the only good. There's a good transformation. Up, but it's, they go for the CGI. It's 1994, 1995, so something like that. It's, it's, it's too, it's too late to make a sequel to American World. Yeah, it's yeah, the time has it, passed. Do you think they would? Do you think anyone's going to remake it? Do you think anyone's going to be bothered? Max to Landis. It? Yeah. John Landis's son mm. apparently has written a script uh, and his dad has rubber stamped it and said it would be a good reimagining of American Wolf in London and apparently it's being touted around now for No. You know, I, I, I will I will lose I will I will put my neck in a noose that day. Why? It's can't retell the story. The story's it doesn't need to be retold. Well, I don't know. What he's, I don't know what he's going to do because. But Max Landis actually has done some. He's done some interesting stuff. I mean, what's he done? Um, so he's obviously John Landis is his son, but he's done recently. He did a re, he did the on Netflix. He did the Dirt Gently series, okay, which is very yeah, very yeah. good. I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. I think he's written a couple of other things now, but I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I have to look into it. It's worth. But it's worth looking into as a thing. Mm. And if he did it, I'd I'd give it a shot. I'd definitely look into it. Didn't I fall, think he's got that similar. Did he fall down a disused canal? Who Max Landis? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. Oh no! I think you might be right. Actually, that rings a bell. Yeah. He hurt his ankle doing something. Yeah. Um. It's yeah, but I, maybe, maybe he should have. Maybe he should be pushed down. One. Yeah. You know. So that's mm. our opinion on American Werewolf. American Werewolf. So let's talk more about the howling. Okay, what's your opinions on this then? Because I spoke a lot about American Werewolf. Let's hear your your views on the howling. The howling is an interesting. So it's based on a book by a guy called Gary Bradner. Yeah, and he wrote a trilogy of books, um, starting with it. Now the the film. Devi- I've read the book. I've read the first book of the uh, of the howling series. Yeah, and it, the film deviates from it. Okay. Not not hugely, but in in. So in does it try to tell tell does it try to tell the story of the three because I've read the books obviously, does it try to tell this tale of the three books over in one film? No, 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 no. They are three different stories. Um, okay. And and the, basically the, the the second book and the third book, are but almost like a reaction to the film. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Um, the first film tells a similar story in the first film in the book. Um, she is a journalist and so the stuff and she the house is broken into and she is raped and attacked mm. and, it, and that's when she goes off to the colony mm. and that's how it all begins and that sort of thing they're not some the, the attacker and the colony are not really connected in the book oh okay so in the film obviously the story is that you get Dee Wallace mm. um, the E.T.'s mum which is a great name uh, Dee Wallace it is actually yeah. mm. uh, and I, I quite like Dee Wallace she's quite good in it she's mm. pretty solid um she is. She isn't like a reporter who's been. You see her boobs. Yeah, you, do you mean this one? I can't remember. You I see some. It's got a bit of boobage. It's in got it. a lot of boobage in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she she is like a reporter that's being contacted by this serial killer or this serial attacker, mm. and so she is going to go undercover to to see him and he, you know this other stuff. 
which from the outset sounds like a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's really well done. I actually think the first 10 minutes of the film, um, I don't know if it's that long, it must be that long. First five, 10 minutes of the film are done really, really well. Mm. When she's going around the street and she ends up going to the sex shop, mm. um, the triple X shop, and she has to go into the, uh, she goes into the back and she's watching the film and you get the voice from the back. And, you know, all that is played really well. Coincidence as well, isn't it? That yeah, they yeah, go yeah. Into so the whole Soho theatre and sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It just goes to show what 19, 1981 was a filthy, filthy year. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, you were born. I was. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. we know all man, what a filthy whore your mum is. <laughs> wow, what a statement. We'll edit that out. Maybe. Maybe. Um, From personal yeah. <laughs> experience. But yeah, then, and then obviously she she sort of like, you know, she's affected by. I'm going to just move on. Yeah. She, she's uh, affected by that. And John Steed. Um, <laughs> John Steed. Yeah, because he's a doctor in this. Like, yeah. I ain't even known from the Avengers. Yeah, John Steed. Yeah, John yeah. Steed. Uh, Patrick McNee yeah. uh, tells us sort of like, you know, oh, well, I've got this colony. And he. he... Oh, he's just recently died as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says to her, I've got this colony where we, you know, you can go and you can recuperate and all this mm. other stuff. And, you, you know, and he's, it just so happens he's got this book coming about, about embracing the an- your animal inside. What are the chances? Yeah. And this is the problem I have with this film, that there's so many coincidences that it just begins to sort of like irritate me towards the end. So they go off to this colony and they're all a bunch of freaks at this colony, like proper yeah. weirdos. Like, you know, yeah. there's some woman who's walked off a Hammer Horror set, basically, <laughs> yeah. with sort of like, you know, wearing sort of like weird necklaces and got a part, most of her boobs on display. That, that should warn you at the start, don't go any further, don't, yeah. don't go home. Yeah. yeah. You, they're having a party on the beach. Uh, but there are two things in this on this beach scene that I actually think are really good. Her boobs. Yeah, her costume is really impressive. Yeah. But it does scream sort of like, oh look, colony slut. Yeah. <laughs> so she approaches. Which the, one am I fucking tonight? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So she approaches the sort of D Wallace's husband, and she's like, you know, can I help you? So I'm looking for my wife, and she's like, that's a shame. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> She's very attractive, but her costume is it's quite well done. But she stands out. All these other people have come to this colony for whatever yeah. purpose, but at no point does it explain why she's come there, no. other than the fact she has this de- de- demented brother. But the other thing I really like is the old bloke. There's an old guy who's this colony, and he's like, "I want to end it. It's I've had enough. I've got to." And he wants to kill himself. And already you're thinking, "This place is weird. Like I yeah. don't know what's going on, but it's weird and dark and crazy and odd." And I'm quite into the film, but this, this is one. like IKEA in Coventry, isn't yeah. it? It's the same yeah, sort yeah. of thing. You go into the beds department, there's an old bloke going, I'm going to suffocate myself with a pillow. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm out of here. Um, at no point does she leave, though, you know what I mean? It's just no, like. She's up there with her husband, yeah, and yeah. at no point does they go, I think this was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. They just go to bed in this cabin and These Club it. 40 holidays, they're not what they used <laughs> yeah, to be, yeah. you know. Um, and it's, yeah, they, you know, they have therapy and all this weird stuff. And then back. There seems to be this weird disconnect between the film at this point, where all of a sudden these two other journalists mm. start looking into this killer. Because I should say, the thing I should have realised is when the killer at the beginning uh, comes after D. Wallace, they kill him. They shoot him. Yeah, yeah. So you think he's dead. So they start investigating him. And they start to build up this case that actually he's come from this colony. Mm. Again, a massive coincidence. Mm. And it all comes around that this colony is actually a colony of wolves, a werewolves. Mm. Okay. So <laughs> they then both, both uh, D. Wallace and her husband, get scratched and they get transformed. And, and, and basically, it all ends up in a bit of a showdown. 
and uh, and these two other journalists come to try and save Dee Wallace, and they burn down the colony, and then they escape. Okay, that's pretty. Much, I'm gonna do the, we'll get into the bits and the pieces in a minute. Yeah, that was and it right. ends with, but the ending, the concept, this whole concept is really strong as a story. Right? Yeah. I think some of the concept is really strong. Yeah, I agree. The ending where she, because she, she's a TV journalist, mm. she goes on the news intending to transform in front of cameras to only be killed. So the guy's there, he's going to shoot her the moment she transforms, but she's doing it to sort of say, this is real. It's actually a really good ending. Mm. It's slightly ruined by a couple of things. Okay. All right. All the coincidences throughout the film <laughs> yeah, all right. yeah, really yeah. bother me. As yeah. a bit of, I'm a bit pernickety about those things. If I'm, because it turns out that Patrick Manny, right, mm. John Steed, um, <laughs> runs this colony, as we yeah, said. Yeah, he's, he's the head. And he's almost like the head honcho. He's like the yeah. head wolf almost, right? Mm. So why, if we sort of keep it all a bit of a secret, they're, they're sort of like, no, we've got to. Keep, and he's all about keeping this community of wolves secret. Yeah. Why send a known journalist <laughs> to your secret colony of wolves? Yeah. Yeah, it does, you didn't really need the PR for that, really, no. did you? You're just kind of like... A mo- there must be a moment where he's going, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> How much tequila did I have that yeah. night? Oh, that was a really bad idea. <laughs> but the second thing is, in some cases, we why, really... Why not, why not kill her? Well, this is it. She could, they could do an accident, you know, they could have she yeah, could yeah. get shot. There's all this stuff, like, there are many, many it happens ways. in Scotland on a daily basis, exactly. so, you know... Wolves I mean, attacking people, yeah. left, right, and centre. The other thing that, that bothers me is... The special effects in this are so uneven mm. that there are times I'm like, the wolf design, full transformation, I think the wolf design is actually really cool. Mm. It harkens sort of like to future designs of like uh, dog soldiers. Yes. You know, yeah, they're yeah. very sort of long, they're very tall, big ears and all sort of stuff. Like the designs are brilliant. I'm mm. really into that. The transformation though, that there is one, there's a major transformation scene in The Howling when the killer, it turns out, isn't dead and he comes back to the colony so in in sort of american werewolf with the transformation it's all very i want to say slick like when his hand extends yeah, yeah, his yeah. face moves it's, it's all, all very like, light as it's well. all very well lit and it happens as if things are changing mm. right like the bones extend and so it's very it's very progressive like everything is moving <laughs> forwards and the, yeah another howling is very instant <laughs> it's just it's like... either, it's, yeah things seem to happen either instantly or he stood there for a couple of seconds with like balloons inflating and deflating on his face. Do it's you know a, what I mean? It's a terrible. It's it, a the terrible transformation sequence. is awful. Now, yeah. fact: Rick Baker hmm. was originally contracted to do the Howling. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Now he hadn't. He'd only contracted to do certain things, like to start doing the, the like the makeup and the special effects research. So he hadn't contracted to do the film. But he had already, he was a good friend with John Landis already. And it wasn't, so John Landis then contacted him and said, I've got the green light, I've got the money to do American Werewolf. And Rick Baker was like, well, I'm already doing the howling. And he, so John Landis was like, well, fuck you then. And apparently had a bit of a, a, a tizzy about it. And Rick Baker was like, no, no, look, I can get out of it. I'd rather do your film because I've read the script, I love the script, I want to be a part of your film. So he literally handed off to one of his apprentices to do the howling. Mm. And he said, look, I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to do American Werewolf, but I can give you some hints and tips. Think about this. Think about that. Here's some ideas. Balloons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly not as skilled or as ingenious as Rick Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it is. It's massively disappointing. Mr. Steele, could you blow up another one, please? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. 
John Steed, Cambria. Um, it is, and that's what disappoints me. It falls down mm. because the the other one is when I say that, but it's quite um, when he is transforming. Transforming when he the final couple of minutes of that transformation are actually quite good when he's becoming the wolf, mm. right? Not just the balloony bits. However, when Dee Wallace is transforming live on television, she appears to turn into like a Pekingese. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> Her first transformation is literally into a handbag dog. Yeah. And it's terrible. Because mm. all of a sudden, like, it it cuts to when you've got this guy who's the other journalist fan, he's got a rifle, and everyone's like, it's what like, the hell's going on? But and I'm like, is... she's turned into a small dog. Yeah, but they, they, I think what they wanted to do is they wanted to make her into a fuckable werewolf. That's what, clearly that's, that's I guess that's, that that's, that's what, what it is and it fails I, I she should have come I out think, looking like she, no yeah if they'd have gone back and she was all messed up and she was being extended and it was all you know looking really gruesome and aggressive I would buy into that scene and I would be she's all she's still into, alive do you, I don't know oh yes I think so possibly mm. she but, probably looks a bit more yeah. like the werewolf now then doesn't she really yeah should do a remit now with her mm. but I think that the story check that. of an attacked woman yeah who is looking for solace and this is the thing this idea of like because it, it has real themes of embracing your animal in, you know your internal animal and all this other stuff is actually really strong yeah she's actually looking pretty good for her age. 68 it's not too bad still doable yeah um, I think it's a really strong story if anything in many cases I would actually say that um, oh she's in critters she's in critters as well hmm. I would actually say that I think the story concept for the howling is mm. actually a stronger story than American Wife in London. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. You it's, think about the story of American Wife in London, there is not a lot of a story, no, really. It's very it's simple. Very, it's very, very simple, A to simplistic. B. A yeah. to B, and that's it. This one is very convoluted, it's very sort of like involved, yeah. interlinking. You know, so they, they've done some thoughts on it. Now, whether it works is another thing. Exactly, yes. I, I agree. But however, there is a storyline there, and there is kind of like some thought process, a bit more meat to the pie. Doesn't it, mean the pie is any any better. No, I agree. It just means that it's fuller. Yes. So you get more for your money. But I think a better writer less is more. Could have yeah. Again, that thing of like we said you know, we've said like but less is more and, and a bit more, you know, attention to detail. Another pass at the script as it were. Mm. But I think with the howling a better if they there'd have been a better writer on yeah. there, taking a look at it, I think you would be looking at a much closer um competition between these two films. No, I agree. I totally agree. Because I think some of the performances are pretty good as well. It's just that thing that there's some silly coincidences that really let this film down. The interesting thing is that Dee Wallace has mm. been in some great horror films. Cujo. So, so Cujo. Yeah, she's great. 83. Howling in 81. Mm -hmm. So it's a great year. Think about what she's got here. Let's, let's just go into that for a second. So, so I can do a bit early better. 80s. Dee Wallace so at Dee Wallace in a, at, at her sexual peak. Um, <laughs> at her... At her Cinematic peak. Cinematic peak, even right. Okay, so she was a she's been a very busy woman. Fair dues to her. Oh, she's a working actress. Between this, between this and porn, she's done really yeah, well. You're working actually. You're in seventy nine now, so eighty one. Okay. So there you go. Howling eighty one. So howling. A whale for the killing. Uh, ba 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 So howling was her hit that year. Eighty two. Yeah. Her hits was E T e. the extraterrestrial. Terrestrial. Yeah. Cujo in 1983. Okay. Yeah. 84, she had a bit of a... She had a baby, so... She had a dip. Oh, no, she's in the Twilight Zone movie. 85. Oh, the Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. In 85. Whoa, whoa, go back. What's
you know she's been she's she's, she's, a, she's done some good shit this girl that I mean she yeah it's, she stands up as a sort of a an 80s popcorn in 91 that's another great yeah see this is the thing is that this one here is a really really good film popcorn is a good film but yeah you haven't seen that no it's a good film we'll have to Alligator 2 The Mutation a better sequel than Alligator 1 there you go, go Alligator back to was made by Tobe Hooper oh was it yeah, okay yeah. first one um she, she, she 90s the 90s seemed quite quiet 90s she was she was yeah in lots of B movies in the 90s because obviously you know she she got on a bit a little temptress so yeah maybe was that her no that's not her oh, right. so she's the ninth the, the early oh she's in Frighteners oh in she Frighteners, is in Frighteners yes, she's yeah. brilliant in Frighteners Patricia she's, Ann Bradley yeah she's the um, the crazy one um, oh yeah, that's the really Skeletons, good film. great film. I loved Skeletons. So, really, yeah. really good film. So really, what I'm saying is, Dee Wallace actually is a. I, I'm going to say is Scream Queen. She's a Scream Queen. She should be up yeah. there really with them. Um, okay, so pulling this together then. Okay. Next stage, we've talked about the films, about what we've liked about them, and and you know, I think what we're taking is though, Dee Wallace is actually better than The Howling. Dee Wallace is great. Yeah. What, we, what we've done is we talked about the scores. We've given scores on three, All right, yeah. on three, on five categories. Okay. Okay. So eventually, what we're going to have is each film is going to have a score out of a hundred from the pair of us. So okay. let's start. We've started with we started with uh, American Werewolf, so we will we'll continue in that vein. So going first, you may give your scores first. So uh, American Werewolf, what have you given the story? Six out of ten. Six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, I give it seven. Fair enough. So, yeah, okay. okay. Uh, special effects. Nine out of ten. Yes, same as me. Yeah, same as you, yeah, yeah, okay. What did you give the scares? For Eight me? out of ten. Uh, same as me. Same yeah, as I give, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, performances. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. <laughs> oh my okay, God. I think we're doing quite well there. And your score for the film? Nine out of I ten. I gave it nine out of ten as well. So my yeah. score was 41, so yours was 40. Yeah, so that's so 81. So that 81. That's okay. a pretty solid score. So, the howling story. Seven out of ten. I give it eight. Okay. Uh, special effects. Five out of ten. I didn't. Ooh, I didn't think the generous. special effects were that. No, I gave it a grand. seven, and I'm, I'm really regretting my seven. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I am going to. I'm going to be mean. I'm going to downgrade to a six after our okay, conversation. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Scares. Six. Yeah, I'm doing. I think I'm going to go for six as well. That was a very good point. Performances. Six. Really? Oh, that yeah. low. I gave it an eight. Oh, sorry. Special effects. Uh, special no, effects was five. Yeah. Scares was six. Six. Performances was six. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. No, I thought it was a bit too hammy. But I took it as that. I thought performances for a hammy film. I quite liked it. I, it, I don't think it needed to be hammy in 1981. No, That's it's, it's a very 70s film. It feels yes. like a hammy 70s film because there's another guy in it. This one we didn't even mention is um, who is the. The grumpy man from Gremlins. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Get off my combine. Yeah, get off my combine. After guy who owns a, an occult shop. Yeah, he is, and great. he's actually probably the best part of the he's, film. He's the best actor in the film. Yeah, uh, and your score of the film. Six out of ten. I'll give it seven. So I'll give it thirty-seven. So what did you give it? How's yours? Thirty. Thirty. So that's a sixty-seven. So that's a pretty definitive. Yeah. Uh, Eighty-one. Yeah, yeah. Versus, uh, versus the Howling sixty-seven. Mm. What so, did the, what did the internet? What did your so, Twitter poll? So I think well, between us, then we are voting that American Wolf in London is clearly the better nineteen eighty-one 
werewolf film. Absolutely, totally. Yes. Okay. So, to to the Twitters. So I put out a poll. Yeah. We went to the. I went to the Twitter. I, I did it just twenty four hours. We got one hundred and twenty something votes. So wow. Got a good, got a good, got a good following, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I got. We, we I went out to a few good places. So. People threw in some other suggestions of other films. Such as? Is, so, uh, Company of Wolves was mentioned. Yeah, Company of Wolves. Silver Bullets. Silver Bullet. Uh, someone mentioned Wolf. Uh, the Jack Nicholson one uh, as, a, as another good one. So Yeah, but that's not 80s though, is no, it? No, that's much later. Yeah. Um, it, so, was, it was it was all right. It's not Nicholson. a bad film. It's, not, I'm not, it's, it's better not than Wolfman. The, oh, the Benicio yeah, Del Toro yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that's a bit naff. That was the, trying something a bit weird. The hype killed that film. It did. I actually agree yeah. with that. If they'd have underplayed it, I think that film would, would have done a lot better. Yeah. So, American Wife in London got 77% of the votes. Yeah. And The Howling got 23. Wow. So The Howling got a bit of a hammering. However, there was a spike at one point. Yeah. For a long while, The Howling um, was below 10%. Really? Yeah. And it wasn't until uh, some guy came along and started to try and drum up some attention and some heat for the howling that it came back. So there clearly is a following for the howling. It's clearly it's got... A, it's a cult film. I think it is. Whereas well, American Werewolf isn't see. No. It's, just, it's a very much a, a, yeah. a main film. Yeah. Um, which, I also which think... Is sometimes, sometimes they have Halloween as shown at cinemas. Yes. Very, very rarely, but it happens. I would love to see it on the big screen. Oh, totally. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd skive off a Halloween event to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I would, in fact, I'd, I would think I would set up a screening to watch American Werewolf. Yeah, totally. Um, I also think that some of that attention, some of the, the thing that ha- the howling got, it comes from the fact it's got not just a cult film, I think it's a cult franchise. Mm. I think a lot of the films, especially some of the later ones, are those so bad they're funny yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. horror B-movie rubbish mm. and American Werewolf they did the American Werewolf in Paris that was awful so everyone's gone just leave it alone yeah, yeah, sort of thing and I don't think it gets the same sort of like B-movie attention in some cases B-movies carry well the Howling films I mean I'm just gonna just mm. as, you, as you talk I'm just gonna Google, it, Google this okay well there's one other point I wanted to make before we move on Cause, so are you, are you satisfied with the result Yes, I am. And do you think that this versus? Um, do you think that this versus um, format is something we should be doing? Do you think we should be, should think be having these debates? Yeah, I think so, because we won't always agree on it. No, no, we've got some interesting ones. I've got some interesting ideas to come up with. Hmm. So, what were you going to say? What's the point you want to? I was looking at the the Howling films, okay? Yeah. And it's got at the moment it's got six here, so it's got Howling, Howling Two, um, Howling. You should get into. Wikipedia, I'm sure there's more than that. Is that oh, okay? I'll go into because that, that Howling Six was like '91. Then there's been more since then. I'm pretty sure you'll find that there's more than that. Okay. Um, what do you think about that? Something, something that we saw this year, okay, that that, that Warner Brothers tried to kick off um, was um, the Mummy. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay. Which was a terrible, terrible film. Yes, it was. It was. Yes, it was. Okay, oh. they tried to kick off a dark universe, and they tried to kick it off by having all these things thrown into it. So you had like Tom Cruise fighting the mummy, and then you had uh, Russell Crowe coming in as you know Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and all these other mm. bits and pieces, so alluding to all this other crap that's going on. Mm. There was a drop line in American Wealth in London that um, 
that made me think, okay, that actually this is the way to open up a universe. Very much like the Iron Man effect mm. of like you have the film and then you have a little stinger or something that alludes to a bigger world, right? Um, I can't remember if it's the first or so, it must be the first time that Jack comes back and like and uh, David saying like it's not you're not real you're, I'm hallucinating you're just a figure of my imagination blah blah and Jack saying no 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 you know that stuff we used to joke about all this dark magic all this occult rubbish it's real yeah it's real David it's real David it's real that one drop line blows that film open yeah totally because all of a sudden you're like what, what, what do you mean mm. what else is out there all this occult, all this dark magic, it's real. What the hell is out there in the, in the American werewolf universe? To me, that is how you do it. And what, if you were to do in the modern film, if you were to do this today, Max Landis, I hope you're listening. If you were to do this today, I would have done the film with that drop line in it, okay? And at the end of the film, you know the guy who's Dr. Hirsch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like the guy who goes up to the, the, the slaughtered lamb and all this other stuff, and mm. he's sort of trying to look into it. He's the doctor who's, who's uh, Jenny Agatha's boss, Alex Price's boss. Yeah, he just clearly wants to fuck up. Oh, yeah, and why wouldn't yeah. you? Like, Jenny Agatha, Jesus. Even now. Between this film and Logan's Run, yeah. Jesus, amazing. Uh, anyway, I would have had a, a post credit sequence where you have him in his office, mm. and then somebody comes in then and says, uh, I, come, I work for this organisation, I want to talk to you about David Norton. Yes, that would have worked. And then you'd be like, whoa, 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 what organisation? What's this? In there, that shield moment. So a bit, like, of, a bit of like they did with Kong, Kong Skull Island. Yes, that's you know. how you do it. You have the, And that's how you do it. You have a story, mm. and then you tack something on to just blow it open at the end. And it's, it, that's what happened in Kong Skull Island. You had that thing in the film where you knew there was more to it, because you have like those big creatures and all this other stuff, and then you have the tack at the end. I think American Wife in London... A remake or something similar would be your dark modern monster universe. Mm. That would, that would, yeah, I could see sense in that. There you go. I've just, I've just fixed that universe <laughs> for Universal. There we are. There's a franchise. Thank right you there. very much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, sorry. What were you going to say before I start taking credit for things that are clearly nonsense? Well, no, I'm just going to say for the, there's a franchise right there at the end of the it day, is. and they, you know, there should be. I'm in the room with you, and obviously, I, I'm a creative. And I feed these ideas to you subliminally. So, <laughs> yeah. at least 20%. I was seeing it from your eyes. 20%. Yeah, okay. But that's, you know, we talked about a sequel, mm. you know, a company of wolves in London, or, you know, the yeah, pack yeah. of wolves in London. That could be then you build on that. That's like your American Werewolf sequel, but then you expand into, and the people that are taking those down are the organisation that come in at the end of American Werewolf, and then off it goes. That's a, that is a monster cinematic universe right there. Anyway. Well, maybe you could you could do you could make it into like how red's my valley, couldn't you? <laughs> the Welsh the Welsh monster universe. The Welsh monster universe. Because everybody, because everybody, yeah. That's how I'm going to write the, the final chapter. Everything connects to your to your t- your. I don't know, how many films is it? Is this the third there, one? There was there was five. I've lost two though, unfortunately. So there's only three at the moment. So there'd be a four. So be a quadrilogy of terror. Yeah, okay. so it would be number four would be the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Howling, you were looking at how, how many Howling films are there? How many Eight, Howling? Eight. Yeah, yeah. It's Howling, Howling two, Howling three, Howling four, Howling five, Howling six, 
Howling New Moon Rising, and then they did a reboot, Howling so, Reborn. There you go. So Howling 3 is called Howling the Marsupials. Yeah. <laughs> Howling 3, the original Nightmare. Howling, Howling 4, four, four the original Nightmare. Oh, sorry, yeah. Howling 5, the Rebirth. Howling 6, the Freaks. How, Howling New Moon Rising and Howling Reborn. So it's one of those franchises that every couple of years they clearly bang out another Howling film. It's an Australian, okay, so they're... Marsupials was a 1987 Australian horror sequel to The Howling. Okay. Yeah. Filmed around Sydney, Australia, starring Barry Otto, Imogen Ansi, and Mark Fairchild. Howling 3 is the only PG 13 rated Howling in the series. <laughs> uh, several subplots include scientists experimenting on werewolves, a young werewolf woman, J- uh, Jaboa, searching for a better life, and soldiers hunting them. Sounds awful. It does sound brilliant, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Wow, okay. Although Gary Gary Brander, uh, author of the Howling novel series, approved the director's purchase of the right to the name, the Howling and the screen credits claim that it's based on Brandon's novel, The Howling Three Echoes. The novel is set in the United States and has a different story to the film, but only <laughs> slight similarities in terms of plot and the simplicity of werewolves. The, this aspect will re- be revisited in Howling Six. The freaks. So as you can see, they're a bit of a mess as a franchise. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that American Werewolf won out. So the verses cool. so we've had verses. I think the yeah. people of the people of the world have spoken. Uh, battle has been fought. Yes. Two f- werewolf films entered. Yep. And American Werewolf is leaving victorious. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So that's that's the decision there. So next one, we're going to hmm. continue with our Monster Mash month. Okay, are we? Okay. We are. We're going to continue with the monster. I don't know any of these, so you haven't told me any of these. No, this next one's going to be interesting. And I'm quite interested to see what you think about this one. I think, well, I I thought thought I told you. So we're going to see. So we've done werewolves. I never listen to anything you fucking say. I don't even listen to I don't even listen to shit podcasts of yours, you know? Well, no, I think I'm the only person that does listen to this. Yeah, that's all right. I listen to it back and just sort of like, you know. No, no, your your mum told me she doesn't. No, well, my mum doesn't talk to me. I think think that's what she said. Um, she, yeah, a, she, she was muffling. She was muffling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, the next one we're going to do, we're going to continue with the monster match. We're going to do zombies. So we're going to jump forward a couple of years to mm-hmm. 1985. And in 1985, there were two oh, yeah, horror see, yeah, zombie yeah. comedies. Mm-hmm. So horror zomcoms mm-hmm. came out. Zomcoms. Zomcoms. That's great. Yeah, I love it. Horror, zom- horror zomcoms. Okay. Uh, Return of the Living Dead. Excellent. Yeah. And Reanimator. Yeah. Now this one, the Howling versus American Werewolf, it's, it's was pretty, de- pretty, much was pretty decisive. That was going to be. It was, oh. That's why I kicked it off with that. I thought let's have a bit of a warm up on something. Maybe I think we, we need to watch these together. Yeah. You know. So I think we've now need to do within the next. You know, for the next show, we Re-animator. now need to do Reanimator versus Return, Return of the Living Dead. Dead. I will wow. be doing. A, I will be doing another Twitter poll. Mm. And we will be seeing what the people have got to say about this. I think this is going to be a lot closer. Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah, this I know. Is a hard one. So we'll, we will see about what five things. I think even that these five will probably stand up actually. So story, special effects, scares, performances, and our score. Totally. We'll use those again as uh, the standard, and we shall see who comes out victorious. Two will enter. Reanimator versus Return of the Living Dead. Mm. Who will leave victorious? Join us next time to find out. And uh, if you want to get in contact with us uh, at 20th Century Geek, so we're at 20th Century Geek on Twitter, 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com, 
20th Century Geek on Facebook, on Instagram, and all those kinds of wonderful things. Um, I've also now got a Patreon page because basically I need to be paid. Daddy needs some new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I am on Patreon if you want to support the show. What is that? Patreon is a creator platform where people can donate money to the show that I guarantee will go towards this show. So whether it goes towards maintenance or the microphones or some other projects that I'm doing, it will help support the show and keep it going. Hosting costs and all those sort of things. Has anyone done that yet? Donated money. I literally set it up like three days ago, so no. So, Patreon. Please check out 20th Century Geek on Patreon.com. Oh, look at this. He's, bought, he's giving me monies. Um, and also, there is something else happening this month, I believe. There is also something else happening. <laughs> there is something else happening this month. Yeah. Uh, Man of Letters is returning. It is, yeah. Season, season, season two. Season two. Yeah. So, season two is, um, season two is 25 episodes. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a little bit more risky this month um, not this month uh, this, this season yeah. it's a little bit more risky and there's one where I actually got a visit, visit from the police after I made the phone call Fantastic. so yeah so it's coming back we've had a break um, which I decided was season one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now season... sometimes fate plays a hand in yeah, this case <laughs> season two 25 episodes limited 25 episodes maybe 21 We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe 21. I'm hoping to be specials. a part of that. I'm hoping to join Oh, you will, that. yeah. Of course. Excellent. Of course Excellent. you will. But it's, it's going to be a lot more risky. Yeah. It's going to be a lot more to the edge and beyond than the first series. Mm. Um, the first season series, whatever. It's you all about it. building for the sequels, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Taking things to the next level. The sequel has got to be better than the original. That's right. And that's what it's going to be. So if you want to find 20th Century Geek or Man of Letters Season 1, check us out on iTunes. Uh, I'm also on Stitcher I think you're on Stitcher as well and also I think we're both now on Player FM which is a free one which... oh yeah Player FM's great yeah. yeah so check us out leave reviews subscribe contact us we're happy to hear from anybody and uh, thank you for joining us in the battle Mike it's been good fun thank you very much and uh, next time it's all about the undead so we'll see what happens